0: Today on CityCast Denver. It's been called a lawless hellhole area
1: around Union Station. We saw drug use in the middle of the day even with this mobile transit police trailer nearby.
0: It's a hellhole, it is. Lance a TV Lawrence news reporter says they were attacked there while covering a story.
1: Since January, DPD has made more than 500 arrests. They arrested 42 people yesterday alone.
0: And now RTD has introduced a plan to reconfigure how Union Station works all to quote, thwart whatever the heck has been happening in the bus terminal. That's RTD's word, not mine, but I've got plenty to say about it, and so do Bree and our regular guest, Westward's founder and editor, Patty Calhoun. We're gonna get into that, the return of a classic Denver-Mexican joint to Cap Hill, and Denver has got a bad case of pickleball mania. What a crazy week. Let's get to it. Today is Friday, March 25th, 2022. I'm Paul Caroli, and this is CityCast Denver. Welcome back to CityCast Denver, the show about the city that didn't ever really like the outdoor retailer showcase anyway. (laughs) You can have it, Utah. We didn't like it anyway. Anyway. That's right, CityCast, Salt Lake, Alley, Nick. I heard it sucked this year. It's a bad showcase.
1: <laughs> Good luck with that. Have fun with
0: that. But we're here in the Lindy Zimmer studio at Westward. Beautiful day this morning. Sunny. I'm here with Bree, of Hi. course. Bree. Hi. What, did you follow that outdoor retailer thing at all? Do you have thoughts on that?
1: Not really. I mean- We do a lot of convention stuff here, right? I assume it's a very big one for us. It's probably visibility-wise, it's a good one for us to have. We're in outdoor. People move here to go outdoors. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's really out of my wheelhouse.
0: And, of course, Patty Calhoun, editor and founder of Westward, is joining us as well. Patty, Outdoor Retailer Showcase.
2: Well, you know, we got that from Utah five years ago because people didn't like how Utah was dealing with the environment, and Mm -hmm. was letting outdoor spaces disappear. So the fact that we lost it is too bad. On the other hand, trade shows are changing so much, partly because of COVID, but also just advances in technology. I think Connor Hall, who's the new head of the state at Recreation Group, mm-hmm. who's a great guy. I think he's got a plan for a South by Southwest-like type event and it's time for something new. That could be really great.
0: Yeah, I read that too. I was wanted to talk about that. I think the possibilities there are like, there's it's huge. Like he was talking about something that's like focused on the outdoor retail industry, but like more interactive, like something that would actually like get people out and like using the gear maybe
2: Using the gear, using the environment, using all the different attractions we have here.
0: Yeah, uh, but I would say there's so much happening this week. There's just it's it's too much. Um, but Union Station was was I think the biggest story of the week. Not only have the reports of violence continued. Uh, for example, there was a CBS reporter there doing a story about the tensions, the conflict. And I guess they themselves were allegedly assaulted and there's some search happening for the person who was responsible. And they were saying, or I don't know if it was them or a colleague saying like, I'll never go there and cover a story again, which is like, okay, sure. You work in news. Yeah.
2: More to the point, it was a weatherman who said, I'll never go downtown again. He wasn't even saying to cover a story.
0: Really? He just said not. A Channel
2: 4 weather guy.
0: Well, I don't know. I feel like it's, Whatever. I haven't actually been in a while. So, what can I say? Um, I want to. We have to talk I was
2: there 12, 12 hours ago. So. Let's
0: start there, Patty. Tell us about 12 hours ago. What's it like out there?
2: Well, I have to say, our office, as you know, the Lindy Zimmer's Studio, is quite close to downtown. Mm-hmm. I've been there pretty much every day through the pandemic because mm-hmm. I live in the area. And of course, downtown is different, just as most other parts of Denver have been different. But when you talk about Union Station, it's like the early days of Lodo. No one actually knows where the boundaries are. Mm -hmm. You might remember, Bree, you know, when Lodo became hip, suddenly things over like on Welton Street were labeled Lodo or when Rhino became hip. Right. some Somehow things, you know, over in the Golden Triangle were labeled Rhino. So Union Station neighborhood is now, it's not an official designation by the city. It's the Denver Police Department's designation when they're doing crime stats. And it's not just the station itself, but it's the whole area around it. It actually includes Lodo. It includes the area behind Union Station, which is where most of the trouble has been mm-hmm. with the bus station terminal. So if you go to the front Front of Union station where all the restaurants are walking along 17th past the Oxford hotel last night it was lovely it was crowded full of people going to the abs games the station itself the great hall was full of people who were eating in the different restaurants I met a bunch of people in the bar the terminal bar and it was great mm-hmm. you know they bill it as a denver's living room and it really worked that way Hmm. they did have guards if you were going to the bathroom because they're trying to make sure that facilities are not shooting dens both for drugs and for guns but and it was fine Hmm. i mean the area was really nice if you haven't been downtown lately you're crazy now the area behind the terminal is more problematic just because it's been winter, it's been cold, where do people go? They take buses, or they go into the bus terminal where there were bathrooms no longer accessible. But it was a place they could go. And remember, that used to be just rail yards, that was nothing. So now you have all these fancy, fancy, expensive apartment buildings, and some retail stuff, and a lot of homeless people or people preying on homeless people, which is the biggest
0: issue. Hmm. (sighs) Yeah, I feel like I've, learned a lot about this issue in the last couple of months. Um, we talked about Union Station on the show back in December and like we came in really, really hot. Like, I think our group, we were having an emotional reaction to this horrible op-ed from the Gazette, just a dehumanizing gross piece of
1: writing internet.
0: Uh, <laughs> and, um, but it's, it's so much more complicated. And you're right, like that bus terminal. That's what everyone I've talked to seems to be saying that like the bus terminal, that underground space where there are a lot of like dark corners and nooks and crannies. And like, it's like, I don't know, maybe you could just like, well, here, that's what, that's what they're talking about. RTD announced a new plan this week. They talked about changing the way the bus terminal works, changing the whole flow of the space. So, and this would even affect that living room area that you were talking about, Patty. Now, now, Bree, you, you, I know we were talking about this earlier. What, what do you think about this design change that they're making with the paid turnstiles blocking off the...
1: I mean, like, it just makes it more inaccessible. And are we trying to get people to use public transit or not? Um, Ian Thomas DeFoya, who runs Headwaters Protectors, which does a lot of things working directly with the unhoused community, uh tweeted, just in time for bitter cold weather and frostbite to set in, no outlets for the poor, but love seats and power for wealthy. the wealthy upstairs. Fewer restrooms accessible, no one welcome here, move on, to where? Where will the next location be for transit dependent people seeking shelter? And I just thought that was really powerful because, I, I mean, Patty, you're speaking to this juxtaposition, the backside of Union Station and then what we see in the front side, the, the nice, I, It's a gorgeous building. Union Station's gorgeous. The Mm -hmm. love seats are beautiful. They do have, they have nice public restrooms, but you know, who gets to use them and who doesn't? And, And that all plays, I don't know. My other issue with the RTD stuff was like, they move so quickly on certain things and other things we just can't get them to do.
0: Yeah. Do you think there's something about this? Like, there's this really central tension here where it's like the people who are spending time in the bus terminal who are quote unquote causing problems, and there's the people who are reporting those problems and defining it that way. Do you think there's some fundamental problem with the design of Union Station being these two very distinct entities being just jammed up against each other and being told they're one thing? Like there's the fancy terminal and there's the underground, like, ooh, like crime crime area. But it's, it's not serving the purpose of public transit, which is for everybody, including, you know, maybe some of the people downstairs got there in public transit. Do you know what I mean? Like, is it just a bad idea? It's
2: not a bad idea. And on top of that, there's the other problem, which is you've got the media saying downtown's dead. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, downtown is not dead. This mm-hmm. part of, if you walked along 17th Street, which I did last night, there was a lot of, there, was, there were new stores in front of the Oxford. There was a lot of interesting action. People are going downtown. They're going to the Avs game. Uh, so when Union Station was turned into the multimodal transit, yeah. Remember, because the buses used to come to 16th and Market. I'm not sure we wouldn't have had the same issues now because we've had COVID. People are cold. They've got to have a place to go. So no matter where the bus station was, there might have been problems. The design here was more problematic, and that was one of the issues. You know, they want the buses to go in underground mm-hmm. so they'd stay out of the snow. At the time, they that was a smart move, but then they didn't think, oh, but maybe we've got to then have more security or more lights or just make it a more friendly, not scary, but still safe place.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I want to say something to the news coverage component of this. Bring it on. Um, I find it like bordering on hysterical a little bit. Uh, I I was talking to you about this, Paul, yesterday, and I thought about it more last night. I would love to see crime statistics of Union Station, um, which Patty, I know you we've said done them. we've you have. Okay. Against like, say, my neighborhood we'll of Barnes. Yeah, I would love to, I would just love to look at these things because my neighborhood definitely um experiences rises in crime like other neighborhoods, but I it's just not covered the same way. And I feel like there's a little bit of this hysterical component. It's not to undermine what has happened to people. Like I know a lot of this conversation started this week because a someone working for a news organization was assaulted. Yeah, that sucks. I don't want that for anybody, but I also know that that happens every day in my neighborhood and doesn't get the same kind of coverage. So I don't know I'm a, I'm just skeptical
0: I, I'm I share your curiosity about those crime statistics.
1: And assaults
2: on media people, that's not necessarily related to the neighborhood. That's sometimes related to how people feel about the media. So we don't know a lot about whatever yeah, happened in that context. assault. I mean, there are many times people will have been out covering things and their cameras are taken or they're insulted or they're kicked. I mean, it happens when you're in the media. So the crime statistics now are a little trickier to look at because what happened is in December, you might remember Hancock said, we're going to come down when RTD's yeah. union was complaining. We're going to put more police presence there more police presence of course means more arrests so now all of a sudden you have more crime reports so it looks like there's a lot more crime because there are more reports because there are more arrests because there are more cops but if you look a year ago Mm -hmm. or uh, when we started running about writing a lot about this last summer there were crimes um around Union Station, but it, the Union Station itself, not so much. Hmm. So you really have to drill down because now you look at, they had the sweep in February. There were a lot of arrests. Yeah, it was
0: like 400 in on one day or so. No, 40 on one 40, day. 40.
2: But that's because there were a lot of police down so there. And it was a concern. Right. Yeah. You could probably do it in any neighborhood. Well, not in any neighborhood, but plenty of neighborhoods if you did a sweep like that.
0: Yeah. That's the thing, though, about public space and crime, though. And, like, Crime is just like a name that someone uses for an action that they don't like, you know, and who has power. Right. It's just it's just a reflection of that. So, like, when you send more people, more police down there to clean up the area, they are going to do their jobs and move people along and they're going to call it crime. But it's really just like people in a place. Right. Like, was it crime? I don't know. Also, it's a
1: downtown area. Like there's going to be all kinds of people down there. I mean, ideally, if you want to talk about the ideal makeup of a downtown, you want people of every demographic and every social or, you know, um, economic class interacting with each other. I mean, that's sort of like the Jane Jacobs dream of Mm -hmm. people in the street. That's a good point. But they also it also seems to be who has the most power decides who gets to be there. And I don't that makes me not want to go there it doesn't have anything to do with the crime reporting or what people say about unhoused people or what people assumptions people make about folks who uh use drugs like i that shit doesn't matter to me i lived in new york city only for a year but like people complaining about what they're seeing at union station go to new york like it's nothing
0: yeah, It's a city. It's, it's, yeah. That was the, my favorite moment in Joe Rubino's piece about downtown this week for the Denver Post. The very end, he talks to a business owner who like doesn't even have a sign on his business. He's just so like, my people will find me. Um, and the guy was just like, yeah, I, I grew up in Mexico City. You know, I see downtown Denver the way it is right now. And that's just like, that's a city to me. Right. That's what that's what yeah, it feels like. Yeah, maybe that's part I like of the it.
1: problem. We don't know what a city is, what it's like to be a city. Well, walking along,
2: and our office used to be in Lower Downtown, so quite close to Union Station. And compared to the early 80s, when you're walking, say, from 15th over to Union Station, mm-hmm. it's great. I mm-hmm. mean, and I probably saw as many people who were maybe living on the streets now as before, but they were polite and they were nice, but it's different parts of the city. People before they listen to a tweet or pay attention to a tweeting weathercaster, should get downtown (laughs) and see what's going on. And they should look at all different parts of downtown. And especially if you haven't been on downtown for five or six years, go behind Union Station where there's a whole new city that you will not even recognize. And I think that's That's where you get the real clash of classes.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I actually, I picked up my husband at the after he took the A-Train, the A-Line back home from the airport, um, I picked him up at Whole Foods right over there, which is weird to say, that there's a Whole Foods in that part of the Where there used city. to be train tracks. Right, right. And mm. I, I asked him how it was, and he had a great time. I mean, my husband will make friends at the grocery store, so he could really – he made <laughs> friends with someone on the train and had a nice trip home and didn't have anything bad to say about Union Station, so. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, well, there's one more thing that I wanted to talk about with this subject. It was, just, it was just a quote from that piece I mentioned from Joe Rubino in the Post this week. Um, I wanted to hear what you both think about this. It's, uh, it's a quote from the new head of the Downtown Denver Partnership, Courtney Garrett. She said, Downtown Denver is set up only to succeed. Downtown Denver is set up only to succeed.
2: Well, then they should do some things with it. (laughs) I I blame the partnership a lot for what is happening now because you need to get people out. They should have had nonstop. uh, if, If you were down there for St. Patrick's Day, it was like St. Patrick's Day 2015. I mean, huh. there was a bunch of people out there having fun using the city. They should be having events downtown now, not waiting till summer. They should have events up and down the mall once, I think I might have mentioned this here, once Tammy Dora, her predecessor, had talked about having live music in restaurants along the mall, all up and down the mall, and sponsoring it. All Every Thursday night, for example, that would be a great idea. It'd
0: hmm. be a
1: draw. Musicians need it, and you'd have a draw. Yeah.
0: Bree, downtown Denver is set up only to succeed?
1: (laughs) Again, the partnership is doing PR for itself. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. they will say what they want to say to make us think certain things about downtown. I I personally don't like that organization. I don't think that they do good by the will of the people. Um, And they have plenty of power and plenty of money to do better by folks. So um, I don't know. We'll see what they mean by that. I don't know.
2: Let me also say one other thing. If Denver really wanted to make sure it's downtown is thriving, Mm -hmm. maybe it was the wrong time to raise parking rates. I know it hadn't been done for (laughs) 10 years, but Cherry Creek, fine. There are all these other places they've added meters. Sure. Go ahead and do that. But downtown, if you're now paying $4 to go have a drink with someone, you could actually use a parking garage too. Mm -hmm. But part of the action is the fun to be on the streets, to just be walking around, feed your meter, run over, have a drink, run somewhere else. Yeah. Use the city. That's it's a set good up point. to succeed if you use it, but I would I'd encourage everyone who hasn't been downtown go downtown one day. Walk on one side of Union Station, then walk around to the other. If nothing else, you'll see just how much the
1: city has changed architecturally. Yeah, we, we need mean, to. Just,
0: we need to do this, break.
1: Well, we're talking about doing it next week. Yes, and um, I would love to.
0: Yeah, we both need to get there because it's gonna it's it's gonna be continue to be important, and we need to see it. Yeah, All right, so. Listeners, that's coming. Uh, So, uh, before we go to a quick break, I have an announcement. Jad Abumrad of Radio Lab is coming to the Paramount Theater on April 17th, and we have two free tickets to give away. All you have to do is write a review of the show, say how much you like it, give us five stars on your favorite podcast app, send us a screenshot of that review by April 1st, which is coming up soon. I know there's a lag between when you post a review on Apple Podcasts and when it actually shows up. So, yes, I'm asking you to check on this a few days later. Sorry about that, it's inconvenient, but it's Jad Abumrad of Radiolab. There was a time when that was the best podcast of all time. Anyway, we'll be back after a break.
1: This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board, There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com.
0: Okay, we're back. Thanks so much for coming back with us for the back half of the show. Uh, Something incredible is happening in Denver Pickleball. It's a new sport. Everybody loves it. I don't get it at all. But one man loves it so much that there's a warrant out for his arrest because he allegedly defaced the Central Park Rec Center by drawing pickleball lines on their wood floor. Denverite's been covering the story. Patty. I know you all have been covering pickleball as well. What What's happening with this? What is pickleball?
2: Well, first of all, it's not a new sport. It started in the 60s in Washington. I did a lot of research on it because we did a big feature last fall, and it's named after somebody's dog named Pickles, I believe. No, no, it's a sailing term. Sorry, pickle. They thought it was named after a dog named Pickles. But it's kind of a combo of tennis and ping pong and badminton. But it's much more fun. And all of a sudden this summer, I started hearing all these friends who were playing pickleball. Before that, I just had heard about it in senior centers, people who liked playing it. Because smaller courts, slow, not not as dangerous as racquetball. You can have four people play. It's not going to hit you in the head as often, although I do it's know more plenty social. of people. more social. Very social. And people started playing pickleball. And they played it a lot during the pandemic. <laughs> mm. And Denver has a lot of tennis courts, but it doesn't have a lot of pickleball courts. You can pick put four pickleball courts in the space of a tennis court. Huh. So all of a sudden, tennis, which is on the way out in popularity, pickleball's on the way in. Yeah. So in Denver, people have been fighting to get more pickleball courts, especially at Congress Park, for example. But this man was in Central Park and it had they'd done their own impromptu pickleball courts on the tennis courts that no one was using. And then as I understand it, he did it in indelible paint. And that's what got him in trouble. Yeah for vandalism, a 71-year-old man who just wanted to play pickleball in a place where no one's using the tennis courts. So I would I would say Parks and Rec, even though they say we have to watch out for vandalism, has overreacted on this one. Why don't they just create some more pickleball courts, get rid of some of the tennis courts?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say about this. Bree, this is nuts, right? This pickleball arrest? Like, what's happening here?
1: I mean, again, I'm more annoyed with the media coverage of this,
0: yeah, why? it's
1: very like small town. It's such a weird thing for us to be talking about. And also, if you read the story, he got the permanent marker from the staff at the rec center,
0: yeah, that's interesting, right? It's like
1: like why are the police involved at all? Yeah. I don't understand this, but I also just don't understand the coverage of it. i really I also don't I don't like this like. He's just a sweet little old man who didn't know what he was doing, defacing whatever. That's not the way we talk about other people that get accused of vandalism. I found it very bizarre. It's yeah. also that they refer to him as the mayor of pickleball. He's like the fifth
2: mayor of pickleball I've heard of in Colorado. I know the You're place. talking
0: about a power struggle here?
2: <laughs> but the interesting <laughs> thing really is, this is one for Connor Hall and sports and recreation. Pickleball is growing. You think about sports that weren't acceptable 30 Mm -hmm. years ago, that you had to fight to snowboard at Colorado ski resorts. And now what percentage of the people are snowboarders? Pickleball seems to be going in that direction right now, too. We've got skate parks coming back. But a guy opened a pickleball pub, even though there's no food there, in an old Sears up in Westminster. And it is packed. Every time I'm sitting down with people and you mention pickleball, someone will say, oh, I've been there. I've played there. It's just a pandemic fad. But I think it's a fad here to stay. And if you look at tennis, Hmm. this is another thing I learned that I wish I'd never known. We have so many (laughs) tennis courts at certain places in Denver Mm -hmm. because in order to play in a certain league, you have to have that number of tennis courts. Uh, But it's only for league play and how many people are in those effete leagues. So it's something to look at. At a certain point, when if you are Parks and Rec for the People, when do you maybe Alter what you're
0: Make doing. That That's shift. so interesting. Interesting balance. Uh, well, let's wrap up on some good news. Uh, two years ago, Benny's restaurant and cantina shut down along with the rest of the city. But then, unlike other restaurants, they never reopened. Um, it's a Mexican restaurant on Seventh Avenue in Cap Hill. And a couple of days ago, the owner posted that he's planning to remodel and reopen as Benny's Taverna with some traditional American and Latin fusion additions to the menu. But he's looking for input from the community about what they want out of Benny's. I know you two both love Benny's. Patty, you wrote about it this week. Bree, you used to work there, if I remember correctly. I did. I did. What do you think about that plan? Do you have any feedback for him?
1: I don't know if we need that as much as we just need a Colorado Mexican food restaurant in that neighborhood. Like doing what Benny's did best. Green chili. Green chili, sloppy plates. You know what I mean? Burritos, Mm -hmm. smothered burritos and and enchiladas. Yeah, yeah. They have great, they have great, I think they have two patios.
2: They They did. They built extra patios. You know, he started, um, on South Broadway, working as a cook, and then he worked his way up in his cool. first restaurant. He opened in 87, where Mizuna is now, and then he bought the building, the chef on rebuilding, if anyone remembers that. Yep. It was a, like a cafeteria in 91. And so he could close because he didn't have to pay, you he know, didn't he didn't have to pay a landlord. He closed because he's he had family issues for two years. He was waiting for health peep for health issues. People wondered if that was really the case. But now I don't see why he would have posted this if he's not coming back. I've known him forever. He's a really interesting guy he always has big plans like he wanted to put in some mexican chicken stuff i think that would be good that was pre-pandemic he added these new patios but i think people just want a local gathering place which benny's always was
1: well and it's that it's that area right where racine's was and there's no good lunch brunch dinner you know a spot you can just pop in and get a table have a margarita on a friday like it, it, we need that. We need that. Bi- and it's a big restaurant. I mean, mm-hmm. it could see, seat a lot of people. Because I think about that was one of the, be- the the bonuses of Racine's was it was huge. So even if you had to wait, you usually had to wait like 10 minutes on a Friday night. It mm-hmm. wasn't crazy. There was so much seating as to where a lot of the other restaurants around there are smaller, more boutique-y. And to have like a neighborhood hangout that you could pop into anytime would be such a benefit to that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So just opening it up again would be wonderful. And he's
2: changed the name. It's been Benny's Cantina, Benny's Taqueria. I mean, there have been different variations on the names because we were trying to figure out our style when we were writing that story. I'm like, we give up. We'll just call it what it is on Facebook at the moment. Benny's is what it's always been. After Benny Armas, who's the one who started it.
0: Well, we're looking forward to going back and for me going for the first time. I have to end the show with a quick shout out to my father-in-law, Mike. Uh, he had a real important milestone this week. His favorite brewery in the world, Wibby Brewing in Longmont, named a beer after him this week, which in my opinion- That's Peyton, so cool. I, I like that. But in my opinion, that's like a lifetime achievement award for being a good guy. So congratulations, Mike. That's- you Do you know, know what the beer's called? It. I do, I do. I know it's called the Mike PL because he loves their Imperial Pale Lager, the IPL. Um, but they added grapefruit to this one for like, a, the copy was so po- like corny and poetic. It was like uh, a bright fire burst of grapefruit because Mike is a fireman. He's our favorite fireman. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. But anyway, congrats but I, Mike, that's really great.
1: That's amazing, congratulations.
0: Yeah. Um, Patty, I know you have a dish named after you at La Fiesta. Do you remember what it felt like when that, when that happened?
2: Uh, it was a big surprise, I have to say, and I immediately started ordering different things i like, well, I like that one, but I think I really like this. So, <laughs> no, don't you have fun. a beer
1: too, Patty? At- I do
2: have a beer at Wine Coop because yeah. our office used to be across from it. <sighs> What's it called? Patty's Chili Beer.
0: Listeners, go down and go down to Wine Coop, try Patty's Chili Beer. If you're ever in Longmont, stop at Wibby Brewing, order the Mike P.L. Maybe Mike will be there to say hi. Bree. Patty, thanks so much for joining me.
2: And happy anniversary to CityCast. Thank you. I oh, appreciate
0: it's that. It's been Patty. one
1: year. This is great.
0: That's all for the week here on CityCast Denver. Our producers this week were me, Paul Caroli, and Alexander McMahon. Peyton Garcia writes our morning newsletter, and Bree Davies is, of course, our regular host. Our music is by Los Mocochetes, with additional mixing by Tyler Lindgren. If you haven't already, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, at CityCastDenver, and tell a friend about us the next time you see him. You can sign up for our daily newsletter and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. Have a great weekend, everyone.